0: here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Amanda Harvey is an American jazz and pop singer and songwriter. She was profoundly deaf following an illness at the age of 18. Mandy was a contestant on the 12th season of America's Got Talent, where she performed original songs during the competition and came fourth. Mandy's debut album, Smile, came out in 2009. Her second album, After You've Gone, was released in 2010. In 2011, Mandy won VSA's International Young Solos Award and later returned to perform at the Kennedy Center. Her third album, All of Me, followed in 2014. Her fourth album, Nice to Meet You, was released in 2019. Her fifth album, Paper Cuts, arrived in 2022. Up next on Front, we've got Mandy Harvey. How are you? Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing?
1: Uh, right now, I am in Tampa and there's a bit of a storm going on, but uh, it seems to be doing okay and I'm great. Where are you?
0: I'm in South Africa.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I have a couple of friends who are from South Africa. Oh, awesome,
0: awesome. Amazing.
1: Can you hear me? Captions.
0: Oh, okay. Audio captions. Cool.
1: That's why I had the phone. So I just, <laughs> I, I I wanted to be able to make sure I could read at the same time. Okay. You were, when you were typing things out for me. I was just like, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I'm so thoughtful of you. <laughs>
0: So if you need me to repeat something if the captions aren't coming clearly, just let me know and I'll repeat or type. Is that okay? Cool. Perfect. Let's now rewind to the very beginning. So, At what age did you realize that the entertainment uh, industry is where you wanted to go? And how did that accumulate to where we are today?
1: truthfully I think that my connection with the entertainment world started much much later um I never saw myself as being a performer um as far as like having people look at me all the time and having the attention that was something that kind of created and and was birthed on its own based off of necessity um my journey with Falling in love with having music be the core of my focus uh, started very young. When I was about four, I had made a very concrete decision that I needed to be a part of music in some capacity forever, and that was based off of being in a choir class and being handed the sheet music. And being able to see the words of what everybody was about to sing in black and white Mm -hmm. and be a part of the conversation instead of being that awkward, hard of hearing, not fully understanding and so very isolated child. It brought me into the, the community. It brought me into the fold. And that was just infectious. And then how
0: did that progress to where we are today?
1: Yeah. So I, I started, I started with choir. Yes. And again, I, I was very, very shy, very scared. I used to throw up and pass out oh, when wow. I had people staring at me. So, um, my goal was to focus on music education and not performance. Okay. And I went to college for vocal music education and during my first 9 months of being in school that's when I, my hearing loss really started to progress very quickly and so i became profoundly deaf in both ears in in that time frame and so after losing my hearing that's when the journey started mm. on actually having performance become part of the focus of my life because truthfully my heart was devastated for not being able to do education, but I needed to find a way to still be a part of music. And this ended up being how I got back into it. If
0: it's okay, asking these questions. So when you completely lost your hearing, was it an automatic thought? Okay, I'm going to pursue it. No. (laughs) Did it take a while?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's, it's the same as anybody who goes through any sort of trauma. Yes. There, there is a period of mourning, a period mm. of fear, a period of loss. And uh, for me, a great deal of depression um that I had to really come to terms with. I think it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people say, Oh, you overcame your deafness and then pursued music. Mm. Truth be told, mm. Um, I am deaf. That's just part of my life. I yes. didn't overcome my deafness, mm. but I needed to get to a place where I could embrace who I was and actually love myself for who yes. I was and love my environment. And so that took time. I really did struggle because mm. the world kept telling me what I could and could not do yes. so much so that I really believed it. And so I just didn't pursue music because I was told if you're deaf, you can't pursue music. If you're deaf, you cannot sing. If you're Mm. deaf, you cannot be a good musician. And then later finding examples of deaf musicians, I was like, but, but what about, but what about, but what about, Mm. okay, okay. okay. You can't be a good musician. If you're deaf, you can't be a great musician if you're deaf. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm. And so it was, a lot of time and a great deal of support and care from people that actually pushed me to get back into music.
0: So to become that great musician that everyone labeled that was not part of your journey, was it practicing working hard at the skill? What was it that allowed you to say, Hey, I'm great. I'm greater. And I'm going to be greater even more. And you can put those labels in the toilet and bless him.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I think my, my, my middle child syndrome would say that I don't really see myself that way ever. But, um, truthfully, it was a lot of different people pushing me to do things I was uncomfortable to do when, when music got taken away from me. My dad actually reintroduced it to me in the form of playing guitar with him. So I was playing guitar with him. I didn't want to do it, but I, he asked me to, I said, yes. And I was feeling the vibrations of this instrument Hmm. and realizing that music and sound didn't cease to exist. I just am absorbing it differently. I am feeling it now and I'm paying attention to it differently my dad pushed me to try to figure out a way to sing, to learn a song. And I didn't expect much from there. I created a system of feeling vibrations, looking at visual tuners and feeling where those notes felt the most on my throat. And then kind of playing my throat like an instrument based off of how it feels. And From there, my old vocal coach actually pushed me to take voice lessons again. And then she pushed me to performing at a jazz club in Fort Collins called Jay's Bistro. And then the owner of Jay's pushed me to come back and be there like every week. And then one of the patrons asked me to record an album. And so it was just kind of me saying yes to things and then yeah. trying to figure out how to make it work after yes. I made the commitment.
0: I love that. Uh, because I never expected
1: it yeah, to yeah. go. Went.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I love it because the lesson and the journey that you are speaking of and relates to everyone in their world, it's all in different ways. For example, it's about, yes, showing up. I'm going to do my best no matter what labels or limitations or whatever society or people put on me, I'm just going to be there and be present. And a lot of people, unfortunately don't say yes and don't pitch up.
1: It's sad, but I get it. You know, we've created a society where if you fail, Mm. then you, you should just disappear. Like, how could you, how dare you fail? And, you know, uh, the younger, younger people that I meet and students that I meet are just petrified because they don't want to get canceled. They don't want to just Uh, be made fun of and, and, and ripped apart. And there's a part of me that just wants to shake them. And I'm just like, guys, failure is a part of success. And no matter what you do, you will fail at something. Hmm. And for your brain to be able to understand what went wrong so you can do it better. It's, it's a part of the journey that is precious and something to celebrate. We failed. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's do it again and let's see if we can do something different. In my mind, in my
0: world, I don't believe that anyone fails because if a person learns a lesson and grows, how can anything ever be a failure?
1: Ah, uh, I will. I I very much understand what you mean. Yeah. I have a friend of mine named Eric, though he's blind, and he was walking through the airport, and his dog got distracted and ran him into a pole, and like broke his nose, and blood went everywhere, and he was just like, "Sometimes you smack into a wall. Like sometimes things happen. It doesn't mean that it that's the end of the story." I think where I believe what you're saying is. Is that if you stop there, then, and allow that to be the encompassing moment of your life, mm. then, then it is a true failure. However, if you've learned, if you move, if you grow forward, mm. then it becomes a stepping stone towards something else, some, a lesson to be learned. Exactly. But I do feel like walls are real, barriers are real, and you can smack into them real hard. <laughs> It's just a matter of what you do with it afterwards that really defines who you are. So
0: now let's dive into your AGT experience.
1: Weird. It was crazy and weird. I didn't originally want to do something like a television show, Mm -hmm. um, especially one that's um, where you get judged because, you know, you have, You have a singer against a magician, against a ventriloquist, against a comedian. It's apples to oranges to grapes to, (laughs) you know, like it doesn't, none of these things. They're all, they're all acts. Yes. But they're so specialized and so different. How do you define who is better and why do we have to have judgment in that way? However, uh, when I was approached with the opportunity to audition, I was um, confronted with the people who know me best and they asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said that I wanted to encourage people and to be a living example of a person who has failed and has gotten back up up and moved forward to start a conversation and to make somebody smile. And they said, well, why wouldn't you want to do it on a platform like that? And Truthfully, it was just because it was really scary. I didn't want to do it, but I I ended up saying yes and said, okay, I said, yes, let's figure it out, you know, and I had the opportunity to um, sing one of my original songs, which is called Try. I never expected much. I, I just, I wanted to be an encouragement to one person, even if that meant that I didn't move forward and if that meant that I failed, it didn't matter. Mm, as long yeah. as I could have been an encouragement to one person.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. I love that. So now speaking of your original music, let's dive into yes. your creative world. So from zero to a three to four minute song, what invigorates it? What motivates it? Is it easy? Is it difficult?
1: I think it's. it can be a little different depending on the day. Um, But a lot of songs I'll be doing something and something will hit me in the head. And I'm just like, Oh, I should write this down. Uh, So for example, try try was based off of a conversation that I had. Um, I'm a, I'm a, an ambassador for a nonprofit organization called no barriers. And their slogan is what's within me is stronger than what's in my way. And I was sitting on the floor and I was thinking, what is my actual barrier? What is the thing that is really causing me to stop? And it's not my hearing loss. It's not my physical limitations. It's not my invisible disabilities. It's not the struggles that I face physically. What is it that is actually preventing me from being successful? Fear. And it's me, and so I sat on the floor for ten minutes, and that's all i I just sat with my ukulele, and I played a couple of chords in a in a random pattern, and then just wrote to those chords and wrote how I felt and That's just kind of how it came out. The melody and the words came out at the same time. And uh, I write a lot of music that way, very quickly. For me, I just need a beat. If I have a, if I have a, if I have a beat in my head or a, a an emotion in my head, it's very therapeutic. Commonplace, you know, for me just to put thoughts down.
0: Well, I've heard this. It's like writing a, in a certain way, a diary, or you know, a yeah. personal diary, and going through. The emotions and therapy and releasing. I've heard that from a lot of artists yeah. that, that that's how it is. You said that it takes very quick. If a song is taking a little bit longer, do you keep yeah. going on it until you get something or do you sometimes le- let it go?
1: For me, what I like to do is I like to focus on what is the core emotion that I want people to have? What is the core meaning of the, of the piece? And what are all of the feelings and what are all of the phrases that I feel when I think about those two things? Yeah. And I write all of those down on a piece of paper. And if I get stuck and I I'm just getting frustrated, I let it go and I move on to something else. And then a lot of the times, you know, you'll be doing something mundane, like, washing dishes and you'll 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 think of something be like huh and you go backwards but uh very rarely do i feel stuck i think my brain has a lot of things to say so i uh i i find that to be relatively relatively easy now whether or not it's considered brilliant pop masterpieces um that remains to be seen, but I certainly put a lot of heart and a lot of really well thought out words uh, that have multiple meanings. No. You know, I put I put a lot of energy into it, even though it's over a short amount of time.
0: The intention is there. Anything with a positive, energetic intention will allow people to be touched and. Felt.
1: I think the hardest thing as an artist is to connect and if you're writing music to make money, um, your heart's not in it the yes. way that it should be. If you're writing a story that is important to you, mm-hmm. um, people will feel your emotion and and that that emotion connection is is the most beautiful compliment that you can get as a as a songwriter. If if we found a place where we can have different viewpoints, different journeys, different lives, and connect in this moment yes. and feel something together, what what more of an honor can, can I have?
0: Exactly. And the songs or the people that are writing music to make money, people see through that. It doesn't feel right. There's something missing. No. Now, yeah. s- speaking of songs, mm. I love this game. I know if I had to, <laughs> I know if I had to ask you this question in two days, two hours, two weeks, I understand and I recognize that your answer will be different every time.
1: Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'd
0: be nervous. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom?
1: The first song would be. Without You by Harry Nielsen. Yes. Uh, It's the first song that I ever made me cry. Uh, I was in elementary school and the first time I heard it, it actually brought chills to my arms Mm -hmm. and and made me cry. Um, Two would be, oh gosh, probably it's something by Super Tramp, you know, maybe Dreamer or Hide in Your Shell. Oh, I love that one. Hide in Your Shell. Third one would be um Comfortably Numb, Pink Floyd. Fourth would be Don't Let Me Down by The Beatles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't let me down. And five would be... Gosh, there's so many that are like in my head. I'm trying to think which one I would like more than the other. <laughs> Honestly, um there's a there's a song by Edda James called Rather Be Blind. I like that one. Do you know that one?
0: I need to look it up. I know Etta James. So now Mandy, mm. what's next on your journey?
1: Well, so right now I am um I'm well I'm always working on new music. That's that's a given. I'm working on a children's book um that I think is really fun. So I need to uh, find an editor for it. So I've I've already kind of compiled everything. I've got I've got it ready to go. Um, I am uh, looking forward to going to Hong Kong in the fall to do a concert with the True Colors concert. Mm-hmm. It's um, an orchestra and a choir, and all of the musicians have a different disability or a different barrier. So it's showing in a massive way the um success and the dedication and the hard work that an individual brings regardless of the barrier that they face mm-hmm. and um i think that it's a beautiful example of just the human spirit yeah. and and these are not just like random people off of the street mm-hmm. you like okay you get a tambourine you know these are <laughs> real yes. you know these are real real musicians yes, who is. you know are just as amazing as anybody else yes so um i think it's a it's a beautiful showmanship and so there's that and um gosh i have a documentary that's coming out soon yeah and potentially doing a couple of other gigs up in in europe and just trying to get involved with as as much as i can
0: the podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final <laughs> message to the listening audience, what would you like to say?
1: As a final message, mm. I would really encourage you to look at the things that you want to accomplish in your life and try to isolate what is standing in your way from accomplishing them. And know that it's a matter of you trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And creating a community, a core team to find people who can push you past your comfort zone, lend you hope, cheer you on, um, lend you skill sets that maybe you don't have. But if you find the right people and they can push you, it's amazing where you can go. <laughs>